Have you noticed how quick we are in the church to celebrate marketplace leaders who feel called to leverage their business skills in the church, but not church leaders who feel called to leverage their ministry skills in the marketplace? It's like co-vocational ministry can only go one way, from the marketplace to the church and not from the church to the marketplace. Well, today I want to share why I believe now is the time to celebrate and encourage pastors to leverage their ministry skills in the marketplace and how the shift to co-vocational ministry will benefit pastors, churches, and the communities in which they serve. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, my friend? Welcome to the More Than a Pastor show. I'm Rich Avery, your host. This is the show where we help pastors, missionaries, and other ministry leaders to grow your income and build financial security. We'll help you take your skills, experience, and ministry know-how and leverage them into sustainable income outside the church through a business or a side hustle that's right for you so you can serve God and provide for your family no matter what. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's really great to have you here. Really appreciate the time you spend with me each week. But if you're new to the show, you can learn more about me, get the show notes and the blog post for this episode, and download some free resources to help you grow your income and build financial security. You'll find it all over at my website at morethanapastor.com slash 56 for episode 56. Well, today I want to talk about why I think now is the time to celebrate and encourage pastors to leverage their ministry skills in the marketplace and how the shift to co-vocational ministry will benefit pastors, churches, and the communities they serve. Years ago, my previous church was blessed to have a couple of marketplace leaders who felt a call to church ministry in addition to their call to business So they went to seminary on a part-time basis, kept their day jobs, and they ended up over the course of a couple of years, they got their ministry degree, and then they were able to take on an adjunct pastoral role in our church. They would preach from time to time, and they were given leadership to certain areas of ministry. And we celebrated these marketplace leaders who felt a call by God to use those business skills in the church. It was a non-traditional type of a ministry path, but our church was able to find this pathway for them and create a category for them, like for these people as marketplace leaders to leverage their skills in the church. But we didn't have a category or a pathway for a church leader, a pastor, who felt a call to the marketplace in addition to their call to church ministry. We didn't know what to do with pastors who wanted to serve in the church and in business. We didn't know what to do with me. Somehow, business leaders working in the church were seen as being faithful to their calling, but church leaders working in business were not. Thankfully, things are beginning to change today, but it is slow because still in some churches today, you're not viewed as being all in as a pastor if you're exploring any other kind of work outside of the church. And if you feel called to something else in addition to serving in the church, sometimes you're told you should go do that and not be a pastor, because if you're called to be a pastor, that's the only thing you can do. Sometimes we have the feeling that ministry 
only happens in the building and during office hours. And if we don't see you in the building between 9 and 5, we have the presumption that you're not working, you're sloughing off, and you're not engaged in the church ministry. Or if you can't live on your church income, well, you're just not being content with what the Lord has provided for you through the church. Or before you do any kind of work outside the church, you need to get permission. Personally, I think these ideas come from a corporate or traditional institutional church model and mindset that was prevalent in the 20th century, but it's becoming increasingly irrelevant in the 21st century. Because we're living in a world that is rapidly changing and in a culture where the legitimacy of the church as an institution is being questioned and where the models and methods that worked over the last 50 or 75 years are quickly becoming obsolete because people are becoming allergic to the church as we've known it. Hey, do you or someone you know and love suffer from any allergies? I do. I'm allergic to weeds, dust, pollens, cats, and small children. Well, maybe not so much the small children part now that I have had five of my own. But uh, back when I was a small child, I was sick a lot. I had trouble breathing often, and I would be wheezing all the time. And I got bronchitis many times, uh, just about every winter. If I got a cold, it would settle in my lungs as bronchitis. I'd have to go to the emergency room, get a breathing treatment. It was a hassle. And at one point, I got tested for allergies. We went to see an allergy specialist. I think I was maybe six or seven years old at the time. And now, like 45 years later, I can still remember what it was like to be in that doctor's office when he did this uh, skin prick test. I don't know, have you ever had that before? Like I was laying on my stomach and they made all these pricks on the back of my, uh, on my back and also on my arm. And they were like making these pricks, a little bit of blood would, you know, form and they would uh, put uh, some allergen drops on those pricks to see would I have a reaction. And of course, the uh, the prick where they put the cat stuff, the cat allergen, swelled up really big, and the one for dust and pollen and grasses, all those things uh, came pretty clearly uh, to show that I was allergic to those things. And after all these allergies were discovered, my doctor suggested that immunotherapy would be what I needed to help to um, fight against these allergies. And immunotherapy is just a fancy word for allergy shots. And so the doctor suggested that I should get allergy shots every week. And I did them for uh, like 10 or 11 years until I was 18 years old and moved away to go to college. To be honest, I really can't say if those allergy shots helped me or not, because still to this day, if I'm around cats or if I'm in a house that has a lot of dust or if I'm outside and those airborne allergens are really high, like if the pollen is high, my eyes start watering, my throat starts to tighten, it becomes hard to breathe and I'm coughing, sneezing, and maybe I've got a runny nose and I often start to feel tired. Sometimes I'm just wiped out from these allergies. So today I don't do allergy shots, but I take allergy pills and uh, use some nasal sprays from time to time, even an inhaler. And those things do help to some extent. 
But what do you think is the best remedy to keep from getting sick from all these allergies? Yeah, you're right. It's to avoid uh, being around those things that make me sick, it, it being, uh, it avoid being in those situations that I know will set off my uh, allergic reactions. I think that is exactly what's happening in the church in America today as well. People are becoming allergic to anything that looks, smells like the traditional institutional corporate type of church experience because of what it represents based on their thinking or even their experience. Judgmentalism, mistreatment of LGBTQ people, mishandling of sexual misconduct in the church, the toleration of slavery for generations or racial injustice, disrespecting of women in ministry, perpetuation of toxic church leadership cultures, etc., etc. These are just a few of the things that show up on surveys where people say why they are leaving the church or why they don't want to affiliate or why they've lost, um, why they have left religion or faith altogether. These things have given many people, young or old, an allergic reaction that they can't seem to shake. And somehow they've come to the conclusion that it's best for them to avoid the church for their own health, their own emotional, mental, or even their own spiritual health's sake. So how do we in the church engage with people who don't want to engage with the church? with those who believe the church and pastors are negative influences in society, not positive. I'd like to suggest that if we're going to be successful in connecting with people who have an allergy to or perhaps even some animosity toward the church, we're going to need churches that don't look like churches and pastors who don't look like pastors. What I mean is that I think we're going to need to experiment with creating fresh expressions of church that don't give people an allergic reaction. These will probably be smaller, more organic faith communities that spring up in people's homes, cafes, or even in their workplaces that don't look or feel like the traditional type of church from the past. And speaking of workplaces, I think engaging our culture in the marketplace will be as key for the 21st century church as it was in the beginning for the first century church. I'm excited for a new marketplace multiplier movement that is emerging, which is raising up Christian business leaders to live on mission in their business, to see it as a ministry and to even foster new, fresh expressions of church through it. But I think we're also going to need a new entrepreneurial pastor movement as well, where pastors are equipped and encouraged to launch their own business or side hustle. This will give pastors fresh opportunities to engage their community, connect and build relationships with people who would never come into the doors of their church otherwise, and it will give pastors an income source that can help provide for their family and can be scaled up if needed if their ministry role or their salary was ever negatively impacted because of declining tithes and offerings in their church. This is why I believe now is the time for the church to celebrate and encourage pastors to leverage their ministry skills in the marketplace, and why now is the time for you to create income outside of your church through your own business or side hustle, so you can serve God 
and provide for your family no matter what. So let me ask you, are you already leveraging your ministry skills into income outside of your church? If so, I want to congratulate you. And I'd really love to hear your story of of what you're doing and how you came about it. And I'd love to perhaps even feature your story here in a future episode of the More Than a Pastor show. But if you haven't begun to look for ways to leverage your skills outside the church, let me ask you, what's holding you back? Do you have a money-making idea, but you're not sure how to get started with it, or if you even have permission to do it? Or do you need help in discovering which income opportunities are right for you? There are hundreds of opportunities that pastors can engage in, ways we can leverage our ministry skills, but which ones are right for you based on your skills, experiences, your passions, your interests, your values, your dreams and goals for the future? When Ryan came to me for coaching, he knew it was time for him to disrupt his career in the education field and to focus his skills, his time, and his energy into his sweet spot areas. But he wasn't sure how to monetize those skills and what his next steps would be or how he should even get started. Well, we helped him discover some low-hanging fruit opportunities that he could jump on right away and identify some high payoff activities that he should develop over the next few months. If you don't have a mentor who can take your hand and walk with you every step of the way, go to morethanapastor.com slash coaching and apply to have a chat with me. We'll identify your best next steps and see how I can help and support you to achieve your goals. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks again for joining me today. It really means a lot. Until next time, remember that you are more than a pastor. Saying yes to God's call doesn't mean you have to say yes to feeling stuck, broke, or unfulfilled in your life and ministry. Let's work together and help you create the life, impact, and income that you were made for.